Hey guys, welcome back to the Extraordinary Expletive. You got your boy J-Dubs over here on the mic. And then Kenny G's over here, and I just want you to forget about the dirty looks and the photographs your boyfriend took and the time that you broke your foot from jumping off the second story, because we're here to talk about emo. Today is an emotional episode. Um, talking about the... Uh... The emo movement, almost like the grunge movement, that kind of took over the early 2000s, man. It was a uh, a time to be alive. It was a time to be a teenager, in my opinion. Um, I was 15, the first time I ever heard an emo song, and I was like, oh, dude, this is really good. I, I enjoy this. What what was the first one? That, what was the first thing that you considered emo? Because I've actually been looking online and stuff. Hawthorne Heights. Okay. Because it was probably one of the first ones that I like totally remember. What Ohio is for lovers? I would say yeah, that was probably one of the first ones. I mean, other than that, um, I mean that was like the first big hit. But Senses Fail for me was mm. amazing. Um, Bloody Romance. I don't know if you know the song. It was off their uh, their first EP, and it was, <laughs> uh, I mean, intense. You know what I mean? Uh, you're, you're 15 years old. And you're listening to this, you know, you're going through all these hormone changes and shit. And, like, you know, you're still getting to use your emotions. And it was just something to clench onto, you know what I mean? It was, uh, it really reached out to me, if you will. But um, it was a something I, I kind of wanted to touch base on. I felt like it was almost bad, too. Because, you know, young kids are, they're very impressionable. And, uh, you know, I caught on to that movement. And I was like, dude, yeah. Like, my hair thrown sideways i dyed my shit black i was putting sharpie you know, on your fingernail you know, i was it was actually fingernail paint and um yeah you know like cutting yourself was like the big thing and suicide was something that was cool i think i think the whole like cutting thing was just made up though i don't think anybody actually did that until like because like back in like guidance counseling it was a class you had to take in, in high school yeah They'd be like, yeah, there's this movement where kids cut themselves. I had never heard of that until then. And then as soon as I heard about it, everyone did it. I feel like that was just made up. They were like, well, kids cut themselves now. And people were like, oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, they do that? Dude, I'm trying to do what kids are doing then. Right, right. It, yeah. was, it was. I just feel like cutting was... I mean, I know people that did you know, cut, but I feel like that was a made-up thing. Um, so you think that that was something that like the whole guidance counselor? Well, did you ever hear? Of? Did you ever hear of like the? Um, I the, never heard of anybody the cutting rain, themselves the in the eighties. The rainbow parties. Yeah. Like no one actually did that. That was just something that somebody was like, "Hey, these kids are doing this." And maybe they, maybe we're thinking of two different rain, rainbow parties. With the uh, big hippie fest, everybody drops acid. No week long. No, no, no. The the lipstick blowjob thing. Oh no. Oh. oh, go on. This sounds interesting. <laughs> it, they were called Rainbow... Well, I remember they... I heard about in high school. They were like, yeah, these kids do things now called Rainbow Parties, where every girl goes to this party wearing a different color lipstick, and they give out blowjobs, and whoever has the most colors on their dick by the end of the night, they're the winner of the Rainbow Party. Holy shit. And I'm like, that's not a real thing. Why? And But like, it was all over the place like at the time. I'd never heard that. Um the thing I'd heard about was, the, I mean, the jelly bracelets, you know, and that was a big deal. What the fuck is a jelly bracelet? Are you fucking kidding me? We both know something that we don't know. Uh, the jelly bracelets were like those little um, kind of rubber, uh, almost like rubber band looking bracelets people would wear. And uh, they had all kinds of different colors to them. Um, 
black, bright pink, blue, yellow, red, and each one had its own separate um, meaning to it, if you will. So if you were at a party or wherever the fuck you were at and say, like, you know, you got all these colors on your wrist, chick walks up to you and she grabs one and she breaks it, that means that you guys are going to do whatever that color meant. And black was fucking, I think blue was like blowjobs, reds was kissing, and yeah, each one had a different meaning. Almost like the rainbow party thing. That's weird. Is that, was that a real thing? Because that doesn't sound real. I mean, it was real to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I don't know. I never thought about shit like that being made up. Maybe there was something we all made up. You know what I mean? It was uh, part of our own movement, and we did that. I mean, at, well, at the time, though, whenever they were talking about, like, cutting and stuff, I'm like, well, this is real. But then, like, as I grew up, I'm like, you know, I never heard about that until they, they brought it up. And then all of a sudden, it's like whenever people read the book Speak. I've never read that. <laughs> oh, it's it's horrible. But people read that, and they're like, yeah, I got raped, too. Um, oh, hashtag me, too. Yeah. Uh, for me, so it's kind of like a like a hypochondria thing. Yeah, basically. Okay. Well, um, I mean, we're like off topic, but not because this is something that came about. With well, emo, emo, music. emo. It's not just a emo. wasn't about the music because I've seen a lot of people say that like, um, My Chemical Romance is an emo band because lyrically they're not saying about emo things, but however they have the emo look. Yeah, they've and definitely progressed. Something. About emo, though, is Hot Topic. Yeah. Hot Topic is just so important to the emo movement because it was all of a sudden you get, you could buy your gauges, you could buy your earrings, you could buy, you could buy every band, band t-shirt, t-shirt any t- band t- this, this t-shirt I'm wearing now, I bought 14 years ago to Hot Topic. Jesus. I've had this shirt since like 2006, 2005, something it's, like that. It's held up. That's good. I like that. Yeah, and if you look at like my old MySpace photos, I'm literally wearing it like every single one of them. <laughs> I don't know how this thing is still alive. Yeah. So emo itself was uh one of those glamour musics, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, like uh like hair metal kinda was. Like like Kiss, you know what I mean? They all put on that that stage show. Um Emo for anybody who doesn't know Emo music was emotional music. It kind of, in my personal opinion, derived from punk rock roots. You got those like power chordy kind of stuff. I could say more pump, uh, pop punk than I would say punk, but kind of derived from that. And they turned it into a lot of those emo bands became like uh, a band like Fall Out Boy. People were like, "That's an emo band." I disagree. Fall Out Boy is more of a pop punk band. Now, yeah, My yeah. Chemical Romance. You have people saying that they're an emo band. You have other people saying they're a pop punk band. Yeah. So give me one second. I want to hit this volume knob on my computer. <laughs> okay, I apologize. I uh, I heard that little ding. That was a Facebook notification. <laughs> I forgot to turn it back down. But um, I would I would definitely consider My Chemical Romance as emo, like their first album for sure. Later on, uh, the the I gave you my bullets. You gave me three tears for sweet revenge. That was that the album. second album. That, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh shit. Yeah, dude, I gotta go do some listening tonight. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, because they wrote uh, three tears for sweet revenge while they were out on tour. Yeah, yeah, which is an amazing feat to do. Um, to me, the big thing about like emo too was that was so we were flashing back here like. 2005 
2004. Well, three, three, three Cheers for Sweet Revenge came out in 2004. Yeah, yeah. And that was, like, kind of whenever emo got mainstream. Because it, I've read a lot of stuff, too, where people credit, like, um, Bleed America by Jimmy Eats World as, like, a huge emo album. I never took Jimmy Eat World to be I didn't think emo. so. I didn't think so either. And I actually, like, listened to it. Like, actually took a listen to it. And I was like, okay, I can see that. And, like, uh, Pinkerton by Weezer. No. I'm just going to say no. I'm telling you, people People say that's, like, a huge emo album. Lyrically, maybe. But that's what emo is. It's lyrically. That's uh. why people say My Chemical Romance is an emo album. Because lyrically, their stuff isn't, but... Visually, yes, they are an emo band, you know. How isn't like Ghost of You? Like, I mean, I'm not okay. I promise. Like, okay, I hate the Black Parade. Yeah, I I hated that album. Like, Teenagers was cool. It was Teenagers was I love that. Song. It was it was really different from everything they ever did before. I enjoyed it. It was upbeat and it was happy, and I was like, wow, Gerard does have feelings, <laughs> you know. Um. I don't know. Okay, so let's let, let's let's backtrack a little bit because I feel like we're we're, we're jumping ahead here. Yeah, we're flashing back here. Yeah, yeah. the The year is two thousand and three. The year is two thousand and three. Kenny G is in his bedroom at his parents' house, and he hears emo music for the first time. Well, I didn't know it was emo at the time. Um, there used to be a channel called VH1 Mega Hits. Okay. And all they did was show music videos twenty four seven. That's it. No commercials. No nothing. Just music videos. And you'd get the, uh, like, Feel Good Ink by the Gorillas would be on there all the time. Dope. Fucking love that music video. Oh, Clint Eastwood was on there a lot, too. And VH1 Mega Hits is a thing. And they started showing this music video for um, Make Damn Sure by Taking Back Sunday. And I f- was like, this is the best song. I fucking love that song so much. And then one day, VH1 Mega Hits disappeared. And... It was a it was uh the channel logo, L O G O. It was a lesbian and gay channel. So one day I'm like, oh, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. I can't wait to watch music videos and I turn on the, the station and I'm like, Why are these dudes kissing? <laughs> In their new remodeled kitchen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See but, so I... so then like but at this time, like this is a summer. Like this is summertime. I'm out of school. Fourteen year old me, like that's what I would do. I would just wake up and like watch music videos on T V. And then um, this channel came around called, like, uh, More Music USA, MMUSA. And I started watching that, and then they got rebranded as Fuse. And I feel like Uh. Fuse is the one thing that every emo kid spent time watching. You would just turn on and be like... Guilty! You would just go on the TV and be like, oh, man, Oven Fresh fresh is up. Yeah, dude. Watch the new music video. And they'd be like, yeah, here's Die Romantic by Aiden. Jesus. it's this fucking emo band. Like, guys have the fucking dark hair over their eyes. They're wearing eyeliner. Their nails are painted. They have, like, the Misfits guitar. Like They're the most pastiest white you've ever seen. Yes, and they're just singing all this, like, emo stuff. And you're like, yeah, I can relate to this. So that was it for, like, that, like, I feel like Fuse, Fuse TV, and Hot Topic are what just fueled this huge movement because you could go home, you could watch these music videos, you could see these guys with their eyeliner and their like really emotional stuff, and then you could go to the store and buy the t shirt and you you know, you're just 
part of this culture going on. Yeah, and it was funny because Hot Topic never started out as an an emo store. You know what I mean? Like but they became one. Yeah, in my opinion, they were more like leaning towards like the whole goth movement deal. Like you had like trip pants and fucking like you know Invader Zoom shit stuff that wasn't your stereotypical norm. You would say like you don't <laughs> buy clothes from Hot Topic at J.C. Penney's. Like no way. But yeah, once that movement happened, maybe they just they're like, dude, yeah, hey, hey, they're catching on. Hey, or, order order 1,600 of those uh, cute without the ET shirts. It, that'd be great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I would say, yeah, around the same time for me, especially when, you know, when Fuse was around, dude, I love that. And that introduced me to a lot of bands that I really didn't know existed. Um, and, for instance, Senses Fail, um, Bloody Romance, that song. Um, geez, that song, dude. Uh it had a lot of feeling, and it was the first time I'd ever really heard somebody screaming like they did. And, you know, you can definitely, we'll get into this in a minute, but that's Emo Became Screamo, where they had those kind of growls in there, and it was just random, you know what I mean? Like, Hawthorne Heights, Ohio's is for lovers, and in the background, you know, they had that guy screaming, but the main singer was that main clean vocal deal. But, um... Buddy from Census Fail, I mean, he did his own, you know what I mean? But in Bloody Romance, the lyrics are, are nuts. The whole video is just him in a house, and him and his bandmates are all playing there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can tell how much pent-up rage this guy had just from the video alone. And, um, you know, smashes his guitar off the basement, like, wall and shit, and um, literally goes in the bathroom and cuts his wrist and just lays in the tub and... Like, the lyrics himself are so slice, open my veins, and let the romance bleed away. But he's screaming the first part, so slice, open my veins, and then, and let, you know. But the song was about, you know, he originally got into something with a girl, and apparently it didn't happen. And now he's in love, and there's nothing he can do to get her back. So what is he going to do? He's going to kill himself. And, you know, in my opinion being 15 being 14 that's when you first start getting into relationships and when you start to feel love for the first time people call it puppy dog love but that is something that you know i'd broke up with a girl and stuff and like i was with a girl at the time and my mom didn't like her so we couldn't be together and so then i really got into this music and you know what i mean I'm like fuck this man like stupid shit like I, I feel like um most emo music is rooted in like unrequited love yeah that's a big theme Ohio is for lovers. Ohio is for lovers, but and, and that too. It's it's just emo is just a. I don't even know. It's not about being sad so much, but it's about you can relate to those songs. I took it as a release of emotion. You know what yeah. I mean? It was something that. Um, I mean, I'm going to talk about Senses Fail a little bit because um, they're amazing. I love watching them progress from their first EP all the way up to uh, their latest album. Um, I mean, they actually just released it, like that, the new one uh, last year. But they came from, you know, this crazy emotional state, and you can track everything that Buddy is singing about. And you can see his progression into his own mind and how he's trying to come out of it. And he just throws it down all on paper. I don't know how much you've kept up with them, 
but um, I was never big into Sense of Spell. From from the it, depths of it dreams, took me like ten years to even get to Silverstein. Jeez. Well, Silverstein's more post hardcore though. Yeah, I still they were still around in. I that, just that I actually just stage. saw the last concert I went to was Silverstein and Hawthorne Heights. That's sweet. That was maybe like a year ago. Well, it, well, not Cleveland, to cut you off, but going back horrible. to the census fail, uh, like Buddy, towards their third album, um, I forget it. It was the one after Let It Enfold You, but uh, y- you can see his battle with his emotions now that he's an adult. And like he talks about a lot of his, his father and his uh, going into alcoholism deal. And you can like take how he is as a person and take it back to that first album and see how he progressed and like how he's still like battling shit. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's cool to me uh, to be able to relate on a level. Like he's like reaching out to people through his music and that's his release. You know what I mean? But uh, I always found that neat as hell, but okay. So Hawthorne Heights census fail. We haven't talked about taking back Sunday yet besides that one time, but I think that's something I think I they think were a big deal. Every person, um, I think every teenage kid who was like age between thirteen and seventeen at the time uh, knows all the words to make damn sure. Yeah, and even before that, you had like cute without the and stuff, and that, yeah, their beginning stuff wasn't so so mainstream. I think I think your aim message. Your your aim like the what was it the uh, the message you left whenever you were away from aim yeah I think everyone's like and with my one last breath I would apologize for bleeding on your shirt <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure yeah I've seen that on eight people's at oh least. my god yeah it was just one of those things that you could relate to it because I don't know just every kid's hormonally raged and they're going nuts and yeah. I don't know if the bands who wrote these songs were specifically reaching out to that type of generation. But, you know, they're going through their own hardships. And they're not bands that I feel like, you know, hey, they're on record labels and they're like, guys, we got to write music for it these It has kids. to be weird, though. Like, you're in, like, your mid-20s and you're writing these songs and it's just a bunch of, like, 14 and 15-year-old kids are like, I fucking love your music. I can relate so much. Yeah. You're like, I'm, like, 10 years older than you, man. Hey, thanks. Our next song's Hot Potato. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you still have a fan base, though. And like I said, uh, you know, I followed Senseless Fail since I was 14, man. Like, love catching up with them and seeing what they're doing. Oh, I, I mean, to this day, I love Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. I, <clears throat> a friend of ours lives in Maryland, and he, um, they're going to play their first two albums, like, down in, like, Baltimore. And he was like, hey, do you guys want to get tickets to come down? A lot of people are going down that I know. I'm not. I can't, I can't do it. But, like, I have three or four friends that are going to go down there and see them. So they're going to play the first two albums like back to back in their entirety. Holy yeah. shit. I saw them in Pittsburgh a few years ago and they played um Oh god, what was cute without the on? I don't know. Oh man. They played that one in its entirety and it was it was it was a great show. They put on you never realize the lead singer of Taking Back Sundays from Alabama until he talks. Yeah. When he sings it's fine, but as soon as he talks it's like, "Okay, how are y'all doing tonight?" You're like, "What?" The fuck did he just say? Yeah. All right, so another band. Um, brand New. Oh, my God. Now, oh. when Brand New first came out, your favorite weapon, um, that album was way more punk than it was, you know, musically-wise. Lyrics, though, um, definitely 
you know, emotional. And it, then you take their second album, Deja Intendu, and look at where they're at now. Their music is way out there. It's nothing like their first album. I mean, album. with all these bands, though, it's not musically what they're doing. It's, like, lyrically what they're doing. Again, Weezer was one of those bands that, like, you listen to Pinkerton, like, lyrically what they're doing, that's, like, emo. But See, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, that's... No one ever brought the... I, I saw that the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, they're right, because I actually sat down and listened to Pinkerton. In the same way with, like, Jimmy Eats World Bleed America. When you listen to it, you're like... American. Bleed American. My apologies. Yeah. When when you actually listen to it, like, Don't you ever disrespect the middle. Everyone loves the middle. That's the one <laughs> song every white person in the history of the I world I think Pain's loves. my favorite song. I, that was... That's my favorite, too. Or, um... God, what's the other one? The Sweetness. Sweetness. Yeah. Sweetness is a great one. Yeah, that was a great one. But when you actually listen to their lyrics, you're like, okay, this is an emo. Um... But a lot of those bands, they, they bled together, like the, the punk rock, the post-punk, the post-hardcore, all those kind of bled together. It's like what came out lyrically was emo. That was my I apologize. I, I hit the mic. Jeez. Jeez. Well, okay, so brand new. Uh, I wanted to touch base with this, just in case people didn't know. But um, Jesse from Brand New, and I can't remember his name. Howard. From Taking Back Sunday? Jesse and Howard. Is that it? No, those are, are the lead singers. Oh. Those are the lead singers of Kill Switch Engage. I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute. Um, but they were pretty enti- uh, entwined, and they were really good friends. And I think Jesse and the guy from Taking Back Sunday were originally going to start a band. And um, if you ever listen to 70 Times 7 by Brand New, it's that song where he says, uh, You're as subtle as a brick in the small of my back, so let's end this call and end this conversation. He says, uh, I mean, it's a pretty savage song, in my opinion. Um, I hope there's ice on all the roads, and you can think of me when you forget your seatbelt, and again when your head goes through the windshield. Like, he just basically telling me, yo, I hope you die. Um, apparently, the story, and you can read into it if you want, but Jesse had left some lyrics out um, on his bed or whatever, and the guy from Taking Back Sunday took them and then recorded a song with mm. his band. And so stole his music, and they were supposed to be friends, and he's like, hey, fuck you, man. And then, like, made 70 times 7, which ended up being an amazing song. But it might be cute without the E that is that song. Um, you know, I don't know if he's saying, you know, he can't prove it or whatnot, but look that up. Anybody listening, look that up, because I could be mistaken on exactly what I happened. I hope not. That's, like, one of my favorite Taking Back Sunday songs. It's It's crazy to think about, though. Thursday was another one. Thursday. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. Every time I think about Taking Back Sunday, like Thursday, Thursday was comes up. I love Thursday. Thursday was, they were they were deep. Um, what the hell is the song? War all the time. I I could I could listen to that song and repeat over what and about, over again. What about Thrice? I was gonna mention them next, dude. Um, Artists in the Ambulance. That album was just like, oh boy, <laughs> that was something that uh, that was around the time when I started playing guitar, dude. And you listen to that shit and you're like, dude. Dude, hey, pick up that bass. Hey, come here, come here. I got this. I got this shit wrote down. Come here, and like, that's what got my juices flowing, man. Listening to that stuff. I love listening to bands that inspire me. That gives, that makes me want to write my own shit. I'm like, dude, I could do something like that. I think I could lyrically, musically, I cannot. And it's not even like emos that complicated, but like, uh, I'm not okay. I promise. I love that fucking intro. Well, the intro from the video. 
No, no, not even what he says. I'm just talking about like if you actually hear the song, like the guitar intro, like the yeah, the drums come in. I love that. Yeah, because it's like the build up, and then it just hits you. I um, we had a buddy from high school. You might know him, Mike Wolf. Yes, he was super into them Zah. at the time. <laughs> yeah, Mike Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't smoke meds, bro. But um, Mike's sweet as fuck. But he was really into MCR too, and uh, I remember at the time Black the video Parade came out, or, or Three Cheers, uh, Three Cheers. Okay, and I remember talking there to him is a in, distinct difference. in woodshop class about how Gerard kisses the uh, guitarist in the video for "I'm Not Okay, I Promise," and he's like, "He what?" <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I figured that went hand in hand. Like, dude, yeah, he's kind of gay. What do you mean? Just look at him, man. I don't know. So here's a question. Um, speaking of gay people with long black hair, how do you feel about Davey Havoc and the emo scene with Sing the Sorrow? I don't think that AFI was an emo band though. AFI was a punk band that became like more of a pop band, and that's what happens with a lot of these things. Is like uh, you don't, you don't think at all that Sing the Sorrow was emo? A little bit. Think, I think about I think it has your, your emotional lyrics. Think it's here. it's when you're dabbling in it though. It's not like they were a full on emo band. They yeah. just kind of like dabbled. They were like. We have some emo elements, but we're not really an emo band. They were transitioning from like a punk band to And that that album was way out of left field. Oh especially yeah. from their last one. You're yeah. like, What the fuck is this? Like Panic at the Disco, some people are like, Well, their first album was emo. I'm like, it has emo elements. But then you look at Panic at the Disco now, they're like a full on pop band. Yeah. Like if you and, if you turn on like Hot One O One or Kiss ninety five nine, like they're playing Panic at the Disco because they're not Yeah. They're not that rock band. They're not the punk. They're just straight up pop. I, my wife is super into <laughs> Panic at the Disco, like really bad. So is her cousin. Yeah. Yeah. David. Yeah, he was on here last week talking about I love Panic at the Disco. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. That's like his favorite band. What a douche. <laughs> I never took Dave. That come back him. on our podcast. Yeah, but David, you are a total douche. You need to come back. We need we need to make fun of your musical taste. Um, I, you know, I was always in the Fallout Boy. So, oh, oh my God, uh, from Fall, my, Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco. Like, I always thought, like Panic at the Disco was trying so fucking hard to be Fallout Boy. Me too. So I never got into them. I was like, fuck these guys, dude. Nobody cares about your church and your wedding and slamming the door and shit. <laughs> fuck off, dude. You can go listen to Grand Theft Autumn. Fuck out of my face. But um, they they weren't so musically inclined at the beginning um their studio albums were amazing but i never got to see them uh, but everybody always said uh you know that voice where is your boy tonight i hope he had that high high pitch shit you know and uh i always heard like live he couldn't hit it right like in the beginning so i'm hoping you know like now obviously they're way better like i mean you got them making songs for the fucking pittsburgh penguins and shit you know they're they're a huge deal, but they all started out like in that emo stage. You know what I mean? Right. It's fucking nuts, dude. Like I love that it's stuck. You know what I mean? Like, it, um, I never really got into Fall Out Boy. I always like again Fuse. I liked um, Sugar. We're going down swinging. Yeah. And Dance Dance because those were always on Fuse. But I was, I was like, I don't really care for Fall Out Boy. See, that wasn't that wasn't the same album though. From Under the Cork Tree, you should listen to that one. That was the yeah. First that one. that had both Dance Dance and Sugar. We're going down on it. 
then maybe I'm thinking of a different album. From Under the Cork Tree had both those on it. Well, the one that had Grand Theft Autumn on it. Which one was that? Because Dance Dance came out after that. Maybe Dance Dance wasn't on Under the Cork Tree. I don't Tree. think it was. I dude. know Sugar Word to Go and that one's from Under I the Cork Tree. It definitely wasn't. Because Grand Theft Autumn was their first fucking, their first, uh, their first single. L- Jamie, look that up. We don't have a Jamie. Anymore. Well, fucking, your phone's Jamie. Look it up. Oh, I don't even got mine on me. We need to see this. I need, I need, because I, I can't even remember the name of their second album. But I'm, 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 I'm going to say 97% sure that that song was on their first album. And then Dance Dance and Sugar Were Going Down was their second single. Second and third single, and that came out on the following album. I could be wrong. Our lawyer made this change the name of the song. That was Tomorrow to the Cork Tree. Bullshit. Yes, it was. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me. What was the second album name? Grand Theft Autumn was from Take This to Your Grave. That's it. That's the album I'm thinking of then. So, yeah, you're right. It was right. the second album from from uh, from Under the Cork Tree. So Dance Dance was from Under the Cork Tree. Okay. I actually didn't like the album until a few years ago. I I was uh, crushing on this girl really hard. And she... Yo, girl, I'm just trying to be another notch in your bedpost. What's yeah, up? She she really liked Fall Out Boy, so then I... I Did you use that line on her? Because that probably would have worked. No, I should have. Damn. It's weird how it's all those bands, too, that... All those bands, too, I associate with different people from my life. Yeah. I, because I guess I grew up on that kind of music. Okay. So you can remember listening to this band with said person in their garage. I, I, and... I mean, I associate that stuff. Um, so, like, now from Under the Cork Tree, I associate with that girl. And then, like, um, God, emo is... I just miss the mid-2000s. Yeah, dude. Um Okay, so going going on to other bands. Um, well, actually, I, I guess I'll touch base. But yeah, uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. I remember me and Tom sitting in my bedroom listening to that album on repeat while playing the on entire on my MySpace while playing the entire campaign on Legendary on Halo Two. Like, like that was it, dude. That was you know that was the epitome of life. Do you remember that... Cartel? Yeah, yeah. The Minister's Prayer. Did you ever hear that one? No. No? Oh. I just always think or of Or Minstrels, honest. not Ministers. I always think of uh, Honestly. Yeah. The music video where they're all sitting there on the computer, like, meeting people online, and then they go to, like, the public, and they see them, and they're like, no. Oh, shit, did I just get catfish? Yeah. Catfishing yeah. wasn't even a thing. No, no, no. Yeah, that came out way later. But, I mean, it was it was definitely a thing then, but they just didn't have a name for it. Yeah. You ever seen the movie Friday? Yes. Smokey was the first person to ever get catfished. <laughs> <laughs> What'd she say? Oh, yeah, she looks like Mariah Carey. And she shows up and she's got the hat and she steps out and he's like, damn! <laughs> the fuck? And he just leaves. Yeah. Um, Cartel was sweet. There was uh there was there was a slew of bands that came out, especially after the first initial. Uh, a lot run. of them were under like Victory Records too. Cute, cute is what you aim for. Cute is what you aim for. I remember them. I I discovered them in Cartel around the same time. I was dating this girl named Stacy, and she was really into that. Did and her it, did her mom have it going on? Uh, actually, she did. Yeah, Tony was. That was a bad joke. I'm glad that she <laughs> actually was pretty. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. T- her her mom was nice. Um. <laughs> Uh, but she was into that kind of more poppy stuff, and I took Cartel and Cute is What We Aim For. It was m- more mainstream than it was, you know, that emo. They they had the roots and they had the look. Like, but uh, 
like the curse of curves from cute is what we aim for it was you know amazing but um i don't know let, let, let's backtrack again let's go back death to cab or cutie Ooh, postal service same guy but that guy put out some stuff that was poetic to say the very least his music was so good um just i mean to the point where like Streetlight Manifesto covers one of their songs. Um, Such Great Heights. If you guys have not heard that, please go listen. Like, his love songs were amazing. I mean, and that was the Postal Service that did Such Great Heights. Uh, He says, I believe that the freckles in our eyes are mirror mirror images, and when we kiss, they're perfectly aligned. Like, I was like, damn, dude. Like, yo. I wish I could have wrote that. And That's know, pretty good. They, dude, they're amazing. And then, you know, you got uh, Death Cab for Cutie when he did his other stuff. And it was less more techno-y. You know, Postal Service had, like, a lot of electronic influences. But uh, Death Cab, Follow You Into the Dark, like, basically says, like, hey, I would rather not go to heaven or go to hell and just sit here and wait for you. Like... <laughs> That's amazing. Like, hey, I will just float around in limbo with you for the rest of my life because we're not, my, my life is over, so this is it. All I want to do is spend time with you. And if that girl didn't, like, love him back, you know, fuck that girl. Yeah. Because that's deep, you know. Um, He had, like, the Weezer look, you know, thick rim glasses. Maybe that's – is that where that started, Weezer? You think? Or Buddy Holly? I mean, Buddy Holly started yeah. it, but then Weezer brought it back, you know, 50 years after Buddy Holly's <laughs> death. So. Hey. Do you guys remember this one? <laughs> you guys playing charades? No, we're starting a band. There's, um. Even Blink 182, they're not an emo band, but they have, like, I Miss You. That's one sort of an emo song, and even Adam's song. Adam's song, yeah. Uh, Adam, me and my wife were actually just talking about Adam's song last night because we were, um,. I showed her because, okay, I made the post on the Facebook, and I said, hey, guys, get out your razor blades and your eyeliner because this next episode is going to be a sad one. Um, <laughs> if, if you've never heard the album, you'd never get the joke, so that's why I explained it to her. But in the Mark, Tom, and Travis show, it's a live album by them. They get done playing, uh, I forget what fucking song, but it's right before they start playing Adam's song and it's on the end of the track before that and Adam's song's track number 12. So this is track 11. And he goes, Hey, you better wipe that shit eating grin off your face. Cause this next song's a sad one. And, uh, more importantly than that, if you've been eating shit and grinning, then today's probably not your day anyways. So whatever. And they just go right in the Adam's song and like lighters come out and everybody's just cheering like crazy. But I told her I was going to post that on the Facebook like, hey, you guys better wipe that shit and grin off your face because this next episode is going to be a sad one. But nobody would have got it, so, you know, I didn't want to be that guy. Right. I mean, everybody would have picked up on it when I said razor blades and eyeliner. Dude, they're talking about Hawthorne Heights. Guys, we got to listen. Oh! You know, they were excited about it. I was never big. Like, even seeing them live, I was never really big into Hawthorne Heights. I mean, again, but they were one of those bands on Victory Records that was featured on Fuse all the time. By the way, Fuse is a... Uh, they got dropped by uh, Comcast and Verizon, and they have filed for bankruptcy. Jeez. So Fuse might not be a thing here pretty soon. That's upsetting. You say that, but when's the last time you actually watched Fuse? 
I haven't had cable in eight years. Okay, that's then you haven't watched Fuse in at least eight years. The last time at I, least the last time I had Fuse on, I fell asleep and I woke up. And I was like ASAP Rocky was playing. It no was like shit. an ASAP Rocky takeover of Fuse, and I'm like, Yo, where are all the white folk at? Because <laughs> this is different. Yeah, I was like, Where's uh? I'm used to again. I've probably seen the movie for Helena by My Chemical Romance like a hundred times at least. I and mean, then, if if you go to YouTube, you can even see in the bottom right corner. It usually says Oven Fresh or Fuse if somebody like screen recorded oh, yeah. it. Yeah, man, coming out with the fucking racist comments. I, Look at your ass. Where do white folk at? I'm sorry, white folk love that kind of music. Aesop Rocky, I love Aesop. Rocky. I do love Aesop Rocky, but I'm just like, but you when you think of Fuse, you don't think of rap. You think of emo. No, yeah, you're you're true, true. Like that's that Fuse. Fuse, emo, and hot topic all go together, hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, hold on. It's it's right here. It's right here. I can think of it. Hey, girl, you know you drive me crazy. What the fuck is red, that? Red jumpsuit. The apparatus. red jumpsuit apparatus. They played, I remember seeing them on Fuse for the very first time. They ever played too. live at Cal U my freshman year, and I didn't go see them. It was a free concert too. Mm-hmm. They were up at the football stadium. I just didn't go up to the football stadium. You just didn't want to. You didn't. You didn't I like was them? like, I was like, okay. face down. That was the name of that song. Yeah, I was like, okay. The Red Jumpsuit Apparatus has that one song, um, and that's the only band there. And it's kind of in the middle of the parking lot for a football game. I'm just not gonna go. I would have went. Fuck it. You might have. You might have seen something you, you never knew before. Do you? No. You like a man? You mentioned the band Aiden. Yes. I had never even heard of you them. probably forgot about them until tonight yeah we especially because you said die romantic that was their second or third album you know what i mean it that was, was it sweet. was a single yeah it was a single and then like but in the music, their first one was in the music video the guys up on the roof are like he's about to kill himself and there's a girl like in the uh bathroom she's gonna kill herself and he's like playing like he's 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 like talking him into like killing themselves and at the end of the music video the guy actually jumps off the roof and the girl does take all the pills and dies and I'm like, that is that is dark. Yeah. They were sweet, though. Yeah. Um, but their first single was I Set My Friends on Fire. Yes. Yeah. So let me tell you a story. Um, I'm also going to in, uh, include Hawthorne Heights in this, too, because um, this is around the time. I believe it was uh, 07. Uh, I went to Warped I, Tour I in think, Pittsburgh. I think it's even. Oh, yeah. Maybe in 07, because I'll say, I think that song came out like 2005 because it was before the Black Parade, and the Black Parade came out in 2006. Yeah, Die Romantic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Die Romantic came around. Well, yeah, two thousand sometime between two thousand five and two thousand seven. Well, okay, so like I said, I'd never never heard of them before, and I actually went and uh, first I'd seen Hawthorne Heights play, and they were playing on main stage. I I really enjoyed their show; they were good. Um, you know, stereotypical get up, um, the suit kind of, you know, shirt and. The jet black hair swooped so perfectly to the side over the top of the one eye. By the way, my son is totally rocking that haircut now, if you haven't seen. Uh, but I love it. I asked him, do you want a haircut? He's like, no, I kind of like it. I was like, me too, dude. He's always like walking around going. And I'm like, yeah, bro, I used to do that all the time. Fuck yeah. You want some hair gel? Hell no, you don't. Because you're just going to move it out of your eye. You're just going to just keep touching it. You know what I mean? That's you know, But anyways, um, so we see them play. In the middle of the show, some dude throws a fucking beer bottle. 
like straight up on stage, hits the lead singer in the forehead. He's in the middle of playing and he's like, you throw another thing on this stage and I'll fucking kill you. And then they just started playing again. Like they stopped the music, knew right where they were at, went right back into it. And I was like, holy shit, that guy's an asshole. Not, not the lead singer, the dude who threw the bottle. I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. I would have said the same thing. So anyways, um, I'm sitting there for a little bit, and then it was like the side stage. It, I mean, it wasn't main stage, I guess you could say, because it wasn't under the pavilion. You know, have the the two big ones. Yeah. So uh, Aiden comes on after this, and um, never heard of him. I was like, okay, cool, dude. And, you know, I'm listening to him. I'm like, dude, this is sweet. First time I'd ever got into a wall of death. No idea what I was getting myself into. I was like, okay, um, you know, I've been in mosh pits and stuff. You know, like I think I was 16, 17 years old. And he goes, okay, guys, he goes for this next song. He goes, I want everybody to just step aside. Everybody step aside. Make room in the middle. Make room in the middle. I'm like, all right. So, like, we're all, like, backing up and pushing each other and shit. And um, he sends these two fucking guys down from the stage with fucking uh, Roman helmets on, plastic shields, and plastic swords. Okay? And one stands on one side, one stands on the other. He goes, okay, so you guys who've never done this before... These guys are your leaders, and what you're going to do is you're going to follow them into battle. And I was like, yeah! You know what I mean? Like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, dude, everybody's getting hyped. We're all staring at each other. And I was like, wait a minute. So we're about to, like, tackle each other. Dude, this is sweet. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. And um, I remember it perfectly. Dude, I was wearing this, like, it was like a large white T-shirt. And uh, the the reason I remember it is because of this afterwards. But... um. He says, okay, so as soon as the music starts, he goes, I want you guys to follow your leaders into battle and run as hard and as fast as you can. And he goes, this next song's called I Set My Friends on Fire. And everybody was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, sweet. Like, I never heard your music before. This is cool. And I was like, all right. The riff started. The drums come in, and we just fucking took off. And I remember running and then black, bro. I didn't get knocked out, but there were so many fucking people on top of me that I could literally not see the daylight. I'm talking at least 12 bodies on top of me. I landed. My arm is stuck underneath the back of my head. It's, it's straight blacktop, so my elbow hits the ground, gets pushed six feet while just rubbing on the fucking blacktop, and then gets bent behind my head. By the end of it, I couldn't even lift my, my, my shoulder this high, like... It was overextended, hurt like a motherfucker, but it was awesome. But I seen this chick almost die. Like, she's literally screaming, help, help. And I'm, like, trying to help her. So I, like, stand up and go to help. And some dude just plows me over. And I get knocked back down. She gets knocked back down. And she's, like, screaming. And I'm yelling. I'm like, dude, get the girl. Get the girl. And, like. I end up getting picked up and carried off. And like I said, I'm wearing this white t-shirt, dude. Fucking blood all over it, man. I was like, what the fuck was that? And somebody's like, oh, it was a wall of death. And I was like, okay, I'm going to remember that one. Whatever happened to that girl? She got up. Oh. Yeah, she was cool. But, dude, I thought she was going to die. Like, she got, I saw her, somebody physically step on her forehead. Oh, like, no. I was like, but it's chaos. You can't get out of that. You know, that's insane. But, um, so... Later on, probably about an hour and a half later, they were doing a signing at their tent. And I'd happen to just be walking by. I was like, dude, I just seen you guys play. I was like, that was the first wall of death I'd ever been in, and I never heard you guys. He's like, what'd you think? I was like, you guys were fucking awesome, man. Like, I really like it. And so then I bought their album with Die Romantic on it, and I listened to that album, like, on repeat 
for a good two months. I feel like every time I go to a music festival, I buy an album, and that's what I listen to for just months. You can't get you can't get rid of it. You no. Know what I mean? And Die Romantic got stuck in my head, but yeah, the the lyrics to emo, just yeah, yeah, you're right, dude. I mean, they're they're poetic. It hits you in they're the feels. Beautiful. Yeah, it's emotional, man. Um, have you ever listened to a band called The Spill Canvas? No. No. Now this have is. Have you ever um, listened to? Oh man, good. Um, they were kind of along the lines you could say like um, uh, like Taking Back Sunday. Uh, Spill Canvas. It, it was a guy. Um, so I, let's say let's say more along the lines of uh, you know, Postal Service and uh. Death Cat for Cutie. He was acoustic, like, you know, no drummers and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there were a couple songs where they were, but, uh, like, his acoustic music was out of this world. But um, he has this song called Self-Conclusion. And, you know, going along the lines of emotional, a conclusion is an end. So, like, self-ending. Um, talking about Killed Himself. One of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. I uh, showed my wife. She was like, oh, my God. And I was like, just listen. You know what I mean? Because I tell her that a lot. I'm like, hey, just listen to these words. Because lyrics, do they mean a lot to me. Like, right. And maybe it's because of emotion or, like, emo music. You know, like, that's something that just stuck with me. Hearing poetry like that written in music and just sounding so fucking good. Just, oh, dude. You know, it really gets me. But anyways, this song starts out. And he says, uh, fade in, start the scene. Enter beautiful girl. But things are not what they seem as they stand at the edge of the world. So anyways, um, if you've never heard the song, you're going to have to. But um, it's it's like a play. Like the guy sings it like a story, but he even, you know, starts it out, fade in, start seeing, blah, 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 blah. And uh, the guy walks up. He says, hey, excuse me, miss. Um, well, actually, it's the girl standing there. Uh, she walks up and there's this guy there and she's, excuse me, sir. Um, but I had plans to die tonight and you're standing right in my way. And he's like, uh, do you have any idea what you just said to me or any idea who I am? And she's just like, no, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, he tries to talk her down from jumping like the whole time. And she's like, no, mm -hmm. she's like, blah, blah, blah. And like the chorus, he says, we all deal, um, with the tiniest notion of self-conclusion in a simplified motion. But the trick is that you're never supposed to act on it, no matter how unbearable the misery gets. And he's basically saying, like, dude, we all go through these hard times. Like, there's times, like, you know, I've thought about killing myself before. And it's like, dude, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? i got so much to live for. i got family. I've got kids now. You know what I'm saying? But, like, what, what would that solve? Nothing. You know? <laughs> but yeah. um, so as the story progresses and the song goes on, he goes, uh, you know, he just tells her to, hey, hey, come live with me. And she's like, are you crazy? She's like, I don't even know you. And uh, she says, all right, I'll give you one chance uh, to prove yourself to, or I'll give you one shot to be, to prove yourself to be better than my attempted at flight. I swear to God, if you hurt me, I will leap. I'll toss myself from these fairy cliffs and you'll never see it coming. And he says, and this shit gives me goosebumps even thinking about it. He's like, settle precious. I know what you're going through because minutes before you got here, I was going to jump too. And I was just like, Dude, this, is this a movie? No, it's a song. Like, but like, it plays like a movie in That's your head. That's really good. It's awesome, you know. Like, and then they found love <clears throat> through that. You know what I mean? Like, two people fucked up and were like, "Well, what's so wrong with our lives that we both have to do this?" And there you go. 
that's really good. Thanks. I'm. <laughs> you should listen to him. I I will. Um, there was one I listened to a few weeks ago. Um, have you ever heard of the Get Up Kids? Oh, Kenny, dude, we bond on so many levels. Have you ever have you ever listened to the Get Up yeah, Kids? Yeah, I fucking love the Get Up. The Get Up Kids are great. Do you remember Becca? That 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 to me was kind of like the, like the precursor to emo though, because that came out like years before. Yeah, like the uh, something to write home about by the Get Up Kids that came out. <laughs> yeah, like ninety nine, two thousand. So you're talking like I didn't think about that. Yeah, they they were well even like we like I was talking like earlier. I I read like Weezer's Pinkerton. Pinkerton came out in like the late nineties. So like, yeah, ninety eight. That was kind of like what pushed emo mainstream. Yeah, and then these other bands like Hawthorne Heights and basically anyone signed to Victory Records in the mid two thousands <laughs> ran away with. Yeah. Yeah, the Get Up Kids, I'll Catch You. Yeah. I love that song. I actually had a girl make me a mix CD once, which is cool to have that happen. But um, that was the first time I ever heard that. Blowjobs are awesome, but have you ever had a girl make you a mix CD? (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you. Guys, listen, sex is cool and all, but you ever had a girl make you a heartfelt CD? Because that's out of this world, like straight up. But um, yeah, I heard the Get Up Kids, and I was like, damn, dude, that's great. And all their stuff's rough too. That's the thing. Too. It's not. It's more rough cut. Yeah. Than than like, because every time I I, I think of like a My Chemical Romance song, I'm thinking like the studio version of my head. But then like, whenever you hear like the Get Up Kids, it's more of like the the rough original version. Yeah, it's not super edited. Yeah, it's raw. Yeah, it's more raw. Uh, I I like that shit. Yeah, that was cool. Um. Trying to think of the band, uh, Matchbook Romance. You ever heard of that? God, them? yes. Tiger Lily? Yeah. You know that song? Yeah, dude. That's great. Matchbook Romance is on my, my quest for a thousand, or sorry, 365 different artists for over 365 different days on the book face. Which you completed. Congratulations. That was Thank awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I, I Because actually, I remember one of my friends, I posted a Matchbook Romance song, and they're like, holy shit, I forgot this band even existed. I'm like... Me too, until like a few hours ago when I was trying to find a different one. And I'm like, shit, Matchbook's Romance. They're I on remember, the Guitar Hero. They're fine. I remember going, um, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of times I just get drunk and listen to music, you know, reminisce, go through nostalgia. But I, I had a couple nights where I'd be like, okay. Uh, I was like, and uh, get ready for the nostalgia night on my Facebook and I would just post what song I was listening to and then what song I was listening to. I had people just flipping out like, dude, dude, oh my God. Like, I haven't heard this guy in fucking years. And I'm like, right? I'm like, I still listen to him all the time. But uh, Jim Becker, good buddy of mine, anytime I hang out with that motherfucker, like, he is the emo kid to a T, man. Um, we, we, I have videos of us drunkenly singing karaoke and just singing emo music. We will sit on his couch completely unembarrassed and just belt at the top of our lungs taking back Sunday. Like, it's amazing. Cool dude. <laughs> Shout out to Jim. Dude, if you listen to this, I love you. But, uh, you know, he, he showed me some cool shit, too, that i never seen. Um, uh, I mean, I'd heard of it once before, but he showed me uh, The Scene Aesthetic. I've heard of them. They're also like an acoustic emo band, but all they, they like write these crazy love songs. You know what I mean? Like, and do you remember those commercials way back in the day, like the infomercials for like the rock CDs? And it was like uh, Monster Ballads was the one of them. 
It was like every bad boy has a soft side. Yeah, yeah no. And then no. it's like, could this be love that I'm feeling? <laughs> no, could I, this be love? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. They used to have like, um, it's like, those are pussy ass songs. And then you listen to this shit and you're like, yeah, this is love. Yeah. Fuck you and your hair. There used to be the one that would always be like, uh, Time Life Presents. It was uh, what the fuck was it called? But it was always be like it would have like Michael Bolton on it. And he'd be like, <laughs> "Tell me how am I supposed to live without you?" <laughs> the greatest love songs of the eighties and nineties. Oh man, those were great. I loved it when Kid Bop or Kids Bop came out, and kids, it's just like oh, God, kids man. singing censored versions of like. You know, regular pop songs. Oh, man. Somebody made a meme once. Uh, Did they sing From the Windows to the Wall? No, but I wish they would have. You know that song? It's like, I'm on that good weed and alcohol. They made a Kids Bob version of it. I don't think it was actually a Kids Bob version, but somebody made a meme. It's like Kids Bob be like, I'm on that good milk and applesauce. (laughs) And I, like, lost it. I was like, man. And then I just like kept picturing in my head like these kids, a bunch of kids, like like, big ass baller chains and fucking cups of milk. (laughs) Oh, see, no, I was picturing like kids dressed like fucking Steve from Blues Clues, like with like the collared (laughs) shirt and like the stripes, and like they have like milk on one hand, like applesauce, (laughs) like a Moat's applesauce in this hand, like a fucking milk chug in this hand. Like I'm on this good milk and applesauce. Oh man, I just can't. I can't even <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, or wait, on a scale of one to even, I just can't fuck that joke up. But um, I don't know who would you say is your favorite emo band? My favorite, jeez, yeah, it's too soon. Taking Back Sunday, yeah. If if that I was had, quick, I don't. Well, yeah, I love Taking Back Sunday. Fuck yeah. Um, louder. I think again, it just goes back to you know, fourteen year old me spent. Two summer, two three summers, just watching music videos, and I would always like that's the one that I remember. And I just, whenever it came on the TV, I just got so excited because you're talking about a time whenever like YouTube isn't even a thing. Well, YouTube is a thing, but it's it's not about promoting music. It's about people just uploading stupid videos of them doing yeah. stupid shit. Or you know, like flash art and all that. Yeah, shit. stuff like that. So then, like, I would be like, "Oh shit, that that music video make damn sure is on. I can't wait." Or like, "Oh, cute without the E's on," you know. Yeah, you got to rush in there. Like, uh, error operator. Leave your cereal on the table. Uh, I always loved uh, this photograph is poo- uh, proof. I almost said poof. I don't know if you, you know that one. Come on, this photograph is proof. Uh, you know, I know, I know. Or whatever. Is that taking my phone? Yeah, dude. Cause I know you know, no, it didn't mean it. No, you didn't yeah, mean okay, it. Yeah, okay, I know you're talking about now. You know, yeah, dude, yeah, it was a good one. I always liked that one because the video was like traffic cones and fucking caution tape. I think and shit. I think my entire influence <clears throat> in music is just influenced by music videos because I can, if you name like a song and it had a music video, I can picture it in my head. Yeah, it, this is okay. Now this is something I was gonna talk Whenever about were, too because it, it it brought me this idea but um think about like now's generation they don't have fuse like mtv doesn't have they have music youtube videos though anymore. they just get fed whatever youtube produces yeah basically. but i mean youtube's not producing it people are but i am so musically inclined like because my mother 
grew me up on music. My Your mother, mother grew me. up on that good milk and applesauce. She did, dude. She raised me on that good milk and that applesauce. You feel me? <laughs> And I mean, your mother, you know, they did the same. Like you tell me about, you know, hey, here's this country, and then you learn about the Black Album shit, and then like we discovered MTV and Carson Daly. My mother then, raised me on the Bee Gees, to be honest. Oh man, she fucking that's her favorite. Oh, that and Hollow Notes. <laughs> <laughs> David Busco actually came to my friend's miss party, and we we're all getting each other gifts. I was like, hey, twenty five dollar limit. He bought. Uh, 25 anniversary Hall & Oates CD of all their singles and it was just like a cat <laughs> gift. Tom ended up getting it and he opens it and he's like, oh wow, thanks. Oh, um, I don't even know who this is. <laughs> but um, There actually used to be a 1-800 number you could call. It was called Call & Oates. Call & Oates. Call & Oates. And you could, <laughs> it was like, press one to hear private eyes. Press two. And it was like four different Hall Note songs you could hear if you just press a different number. See, we don't have that. I mean, I guess, okay. It might still be. This was a thing at least five years ago. 1-800-CALL notes. It was something like that, but you, it would be like, press two for... That's hilarious. Oh, it was great. But um, going back to what I was saying, I noticed like, uh, I don't know, a lot of... I, I don't... I feel old saying this, but like a lot of younger kids don't have like that that vibe to music that I did. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, do you ever listen to this? And they're not like, I mean, fuck even, yeah. Even, they're just like, yeah, dude, that's cool. Even people now, bitch, they're like, yeah, MTV's just showing music videos. And I'm like, yeah, but you wouldn't watch it now anyway. It doesn't matter what MTV shows. You're not going to watch it. Yeah. There's um, a few years ago, VH1 classic uh, turned into MTV classic. And they started showing like the old MTV, like broad. They were like, okay, we have Daria and Beavis and Butthead and like oh, all those programs. Daria was amazing. Turned out being like the lowest rated channel in all of cable television. Literally wow. nobody watched it. So they just, now it's a 24 hour music video station. And I watched the shit out of it. And then the cable provider that I had dropped it. So that I, sucks. I know, but that's all I used to like, even you're talking like two years ago, I'd be like, all right, uh, I'm just going to put on background noise. Okay. We're going to put on all these music videos all day. Cause like you can't get, cause it would just be like a mix too. It'd be like, Okay, here's like a Nirvana song, and now here's like Madonna, and now here's like a Kid Cudi song. Yeah, yeah, and it went. I mean, you would have the times where it would be like, you know, a block of this type well, of music. Well, that's what it would be, though. It would be like, it's like, I want my 90s, and then it's like, okay, MTV hip hop. Yeah. And yeah. Man, I miss music videos. <laughs> I mean, well, YouTube's a big deal now. A topic for another day is music videos. Yeah, for sure, because they're inspirational as all hell like i love music videos too um i've been getting really back into mastodon and um they've got a video Astodon. <laughs> i was explaining that to my wife <laughs> i was like listen like when we went to rock in the range um did you buy her the booty shorts no mastodon? no i didn't uh so anybody listening um we we're at rock on the range and i'm walking to go see mastodon at main stage and there's this chick in front of me with these red booty shorts that said astodon and I fucking lost it. I was like, this is amazing. I took a picture, and I came home, and I showed my wife. I was like, look at this. She's like, what? She, like, didn't get it. I was like, the name Macedon means, like, a giant fucking mammoth. Like, huge. You know, like, dude, that thing's mammoth. Like, yo, that ass is Mastodon. Yo, that is an Astodon. <laughs> like, Have you ever seen oh, the music video for me. the Muzzle? Well, again, music video is another day. We're hold not on, here hold for- on. Music video for Toe to Toes by Mastodon. It's a 
studio recording video and it just really gets you into the the feel of them you know what i mean they're they're like fun and um like if you hear the song like they're clapping and like in the video they're literally sitting in front of the mic and like all four of them are just clapping together i was like dude this is cool shit and yeah i love that shit man that's why um i hope to do with our stuff like i gotta edit you know, a couple more videos here, but I want people able to go ahead and YouTube the artists that we're interviewing and be able to like select each song that they want. And it's not exactly a music video, but it is a video of them playing music. You know what I mean? So it's more raw and kind of, you know, it's out there. We should add it one with us in it. We should just, just like they're like, actually we should do one for a bigger picture. Dave played. Oh yeah, the Wonder song. Yeah, the version he did, I actually like better than the Wonder, like the whole band. Jeez, the one he did, the stripped down version, I actually like that one better. So we should do like a music video, of just us like playing at a playground or some shit. Yeah, and no, then we'll like not. We'll, we'll have like guitars. Yeah, and then we could bring a drum set, even though he didn't play drums in it. We'll still have it there. We're just, we'll just like, or we can just boats like and hose. edit in the Mike Tyson from fucking. Uh, what the hell is that movie? Um, the Hangover? Yes. Where he's like, and he punches that dude. <laughs> but we'll just have that in there. Have you ever heard the Mike Tyson song? No. That's something for after this podcast is over. Okay. What was your favorite? My favorite emo band? I think, I mean, I, I, I got to say Census Fail. I, I listen to them so much. I know so much about them. I've seen them play live three times. Like, I don't know. They're awesome. Uh, I really connected with a lot of their music. And they had, they had a, a, you know, other stuff too that wasn't exactly so much emo. Um, I don't know if you know the song. Um, oh, boy. Is it Let It Enfold You? I know it was off that album, but he's... It's basically about like this girl he loved got apparently committed suicide and he said there's no way that she did it. So he actually goes and digs up her grave and takes her body back to his house and investigates and finds that she had poison in her stomach at the time of the murder. So the gunshot was done afterwards. And um, it's just insane <laughs> Like to think about. It. You're like, what the fuck? But uh, he says... So let's play doctor, babe, we'll operate today. Incisions must be made. Uh, you can help solve this case today. And he's like, there's no way she killed herself. I'm going to go dig up her body. <laughs> it's like, what? But it's something that you would take, you know, from that. Um, mm -hmm. th that that era, you know, it was acceptable. Um so keep keeping going though. I, I guess my second favorite would be uh, from first to last. Oh, I don't know if you listened to them in a little while. I I haven't heard. I haven't listened to them in years. Nobody's heard it from first to last until <laughs> Skrillex. Well, that was yeah. He was well. They had a reunion a few years like a year well, ago. It wasn't a reunion. Reunion. They were. They were. He showed up and he sang for them. Yeah. It was um, like a surprise too. Yeah, yeah, and there was videos of it, and I was like. Because oh, I never got to see them play, and I would have been like amazed. I listened to their album after Sunny left, and Heroin, you know, that album was good. But 
I don't know. It just wasn't the same. Sonny, his his voice, dude, like, just amazing. Um, Note to Self is actually the song that he came back to sing with them. Uh, I don't know if you know that. I mean, those lyrics are just out of this fucking world. I think that's the thing with emo, though, is, like, the lyrics speak to you. Dude, it's yeah. Not, it's not just about... Because of me, like, punk rock, like, I do like some... I do like the lyrics to punk rock, but it's more about the sound. I do like the lyrics to metal, but it's more about the sound. Like, whenever I hear, like, from... When I hear, like, uh, from... For who the bell tolls by Metallica, it's that bass that. I fucking love that, and like Meshuggah, it's just that, just fucking in your, in your face, face heavy, chugging, dude. Yeah, just that chugging. I fucking love it. But then with emo, it's more like what they're saying just speaks to me, and like, yeah, it's just a way for me to relate to that, you know. Like going back to Hawthorne Heights, one of the first songs I ever learned to play. Uh, was uh, Nikki FM. I had to think of the name there for a second. Um, but that was one of the songs I'd learned to play, you know, reading tabs and shit. And it was cool because, you know, like going back to the lyrics, man. And he says, you know, you're the song on my radio. <laughs> like, I'm outside of your window. I love you. And like, you know, that's like something even old heads could relate to. Well, how do I impress this girl? Well, I'm going to bring my beatbox or Ghetto Blaster, and I'm going to stand outside of her window, blaster, right? and I'm going to play a Sting song for her, because she'll love it. You know what I mean? You just throw a little pebble at her window until she comes out. But, uh, yeah, I was actually... Or even I Miss You by Blink-182, Don't Waste Your Time on Me, You're Already the Voice Inside My Head. Yeah. If you Speaking of music videos, you ever watch that music video? Yeah. It has nothing to do with that it's song. It's so ever. fucking weird. Just the two chicks making out, and there's fucking lipstick all over and they're just like playing. He has like the stand up bass and stuff. Yeah. yeah, dude. I love that shit. Would you consider Boxcar Racer emo? No. No? What about their lyrics, though? They don't have the same sound. Kenny, we just talked about this. I told you that genres are so the, the the genres bleed together so much though because a lot of people say My Chemical Romance is not a emo band, but then for other people, and then I said My that, Chemical Romance is the poster child of an emo band. I mean, I also said that Weezer's Pinkerton was an emo because of the sound, and then you're like, "Well, listen to the lyrics. Listen to the lyrics of Boxcar Racer." I guess. Dude. I mean, I they're pop. Punk I haven't listened for sure. to Boxcar Racer in a minute. though. Don't get me wrong; they're definitely pop punk. But if you listen to There Is, like. Jeez. Yeah, but that song's like, so fucking sad. Too, though. It's an emo song. It doesn't make him an emo band. Weezer's Pinkerton is an emo album, but Weezer's not an emo band. Weezer's are... Anymore... So you're I, just saying they were a prerequisite. Yeah. Emo kind they of... They were a forerunner. Weezer kind of sucks now anyway, so... Ever since Beverly Hills. Yeah, it was all downhill after that. Yeah, it went Beverly Hills. You're like, dude, bring back Sweater Song. What the fuck happened to you guys? Yeah, dude, it was Beverly Hills. They were just like, hey, we want to be famous now. They literally said, hey, we're selling out. That's what they said. Yeah. They're like, listen, we're the next Nickelback. (laughs) This is our rock star. That's what it is. I don't know. I mean, I still love them. What kind of concert costs 45 cents? 50 cent featuring Nickelback. Jeez. You want to talk about concerts? Listen. I just. Incubus is coming back. I want to go. I want to go see Incubus, too. 
Go look up ticket prices and you will not. I don't want to look up ticket prices. 10-year anniversary tour, whatever it is. For, um, no. It would 20. Have, yeah, it would have to be 20. I think it's for, a 20. For Make man, Yourself. Yeah. And uh, if you want pit tickets, they're like close to $400. What about in Akron? I didn't look there. I don't know. They're playing in Akron. So no, I meant like the pit. Not Pittsburgh. Like the pit right next to the stage. Yeah, but I figured like that. I figured you meant like in like Burgettown or in Burgettown. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna be playing there or not. But yeah, I know they were definitely out there for ticket prices. I was just like, yeah, this is too much for me. I just can't because you get nosebleed seats for like seventy bucks. I'm like, fuck that. I go see a Pirates game. Yeah. Four times. <laughs> you go see a lot of Pirates games for that much money. Yeah. You can get all you can eat seats for like twenty bucks a seat. Think of how many fucking riblets you could get from Applebee's for that. It's unlimited for twelve ninety nine, <laughs> and you could get unlimited like seven times, maybe like six, something like that. Okay, one more band I want to discuss. Just, I mean, we can keep talking about more bands too, but um, Alkaline Trio. Hmm. Man, they were another one. It was on that Victory Records label. But they were kind of in that Misfits category. That that was more of a time, though, when they were getting away from emo. They were they were darker. They were definitely they darker. Were definitely emo. Yeah. They were emo, but that was like at the, the end of like the second wave of emo, so to speak. Okay. So, I mean, they, like, they were, in they, general, they though, were basically like the cat. They were like the end. They were the last one. They were the cat's ass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. that was good I don't though. know what that means, but okay, yes. They, they were, were the ass end of the cat. If emo itself was a cat, they were the ass. Yeah, they were the, They were like the last one to make a big, whenever that big push made. Because I have friends now that uh, there were rumors that like my chemical romance is like recording stuff. They are. Allegedly. Allegedly. It's not confirmed. The Jonas Brothers just said so. I but mean, I, I had a friend Gerard who, teased it. But I had a friend who's like, I'm going to go join the Black Parade. And I'm like, yo, it's been like 13 years. I was like, Alkaline Trio kind of was like the end of it in like 2007. Yeah. Do you remember uh, Teresa Offy? No. She was a year above us. Or me, I guess. But she was so in Alkaline Trio. She had like Alkaline Trio tats on her shoulders. <laughs> She showed me a bunch of their songs, man. They're cool as shit. Never get a never get a band tattoo ever. David. Don't do it. Because one day you're gonna have a Lost Prophets tattoo on your arm and you have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. You know what's fucked up about that? My last name is Watkins and so is that guy's. Yeah. Everybody's like, dude, your cousin's a rapist. I'm like, I'm not related to that dude. Yeah. I mean Lost Prophets are cool, don't get me wrong, but I that guy isn't I love them, but I, I, I honestly like listen like their music is good, but like at the same time when I listen to them, I'm like I c I can't do this and I have to shut it off. You know who we didn't talk about? Story of the Year. Oh. Bro. The uh, Lost Prophets and Story of the Year were like right around the same time frame when I discovered them, so that's what reminded me of that. But Till the Day I Die. Yeah. That song was so good. That I mean, that was... He, he in my personal opinion, he wasn't uh, the emo look. You know what I mean? He had, like, the regular Dave Busco haircut. 
and uh, not like that swoopy hair. Our podcast now, Rick, will be used to trashing Dave Busco because <laughs> that's what I started this for. <laughs> hey, dude, you want to be an episode? Yeah, fuck yeah! Now everybody doesn't know who he is. You just make fun of his ass. But um, no, they were definitely emo music-wise. Um, straight up, awesome. Uh, lyrics, man, out of this world. Any any band that we mentioned today, if you guys have not heard them, you should at least check out two of them. We've just go watch the music videos. Yeah, <laughs> just YouTube Fuse Oven Fresh. I did the other day. Does it come up? I just I just typed in Oven Fresh Fuse and there was a YouTube playlist. No shit. And I just started watching some of it. I'm like, I was like my my youth. I'm getting <sighs> my gray hairs are going away. This song has restored my power. And then I would just think about the girls I was in love with at the time when that movie came out. I'm like, <laughs> I miss you. Not really. I'm not a bitch, but. That's okay, dude. We can't all be winners, Kenny. I understand. You know, I was there once. Kidding. <laughs> I definitely wasn't. <laughs> oh, man. If you could bring back one of those bands to see again, what, what would you what would you pick? Besides taking back something. Thursday. Oh. Fuck yeah. yeah. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, because you could rage out to them. I mean, they were kick-ass and emo. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, were, uh, they were pretty sweet. I think I would uh, I'd pick Thrice. Isn't it the lead singer of Thursday that went on? He's. It was, a, it was the Lost Prophets broke up because obviously what their lead singer did. And then the lead singer of Thursday got with them. And now they're a band now. I'm, I'm like certain. 99% sure they're a band now, but I forgot what they're called. It's basically every member from Lost Prophets and the lead singer of Thursday. I have to look that up. Jamie? <laughs> Jamie, look that Jamie. up. Jamie! Okay, let's continue. Um, if I were to pick a band, I think I would have to pick Thrice. Just because, like you said, like, you know, you'll go back and now that you're a little grown up, you listen to them again. Um... Stare at the Sun. I know you know that song. But musically, dude, it just, they're such talented musicians. Like, if you listen to that bass line, you listen to that guitar riff, the drums, and then the way he sings, like, everything comes 360, dude, and it just folds into this amazing fucking deal. And, you know, it, it's it's hard to deny that, yes, I mean, they were an early emo band, and they definitely... uh you know, had their their fan base or whatnot, but dude, they were fucking talented as all hell. I I I would love to see them play. I think it'd be awesome. Never got to. No devotion is the name of the band. So lead, it is the guy lead from sing- Thursday. Yes, it's the lead singer of Thursday and the band Lost Profits. So whatever happened to Thursday, why did he just leave them? I think they broke up. I mean my comic romances broke up. Yeah. I'm sure. Do you listen to Gerard's new stuff? No. I'm not a huge fan. I was expecting it to be more like, um, you know. It's kind of like when Billy Corgan broke up from, like when the Smash Pumpkins broke up and Billy Corgan did his solo stuff and it was just more like poetry. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine Billy Corgan raging? Have you ever watched Billy Corgan? Billy Corgan's a huge wrestling fan. I just, wait, we talked about this before. Yeah, this is on another, another on another podcast. Dude, I'll, show you video, 
I'll show you videos of Billy Corgan smashing guitars over people's heads in a wrestling ring. It would have been way better if they were pumpkins. He should have, but... <laughs> oh, God. Have you ever seen Roddy Piper smash a coconut over Jimmy Snooker's head? No. Oh, God, it's bad. It's an actual coconut. Does he bleed? No, but he, he actually... like. I've seen an interview with uh, Roddy Piper. He's like, he's like, he's like, I never, he's like, I, I'm from Scotland. I've never seen a coconut before. So I just had it on the set and I took it and I smashed it over his head. And Jimmy was just never the same afterwards. And he's like crying because he's like, he's like, it messed him up because it literally knocked him out unconscious. He like took it and he just smashed it over his head and it blew in like a thousand pieces. <laughs> and Jimmy Snooker just falls down. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, fuck. That's, uh, I love wrestling. That's pretty real. Yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, other good bands that we missed. Like, not even to talk, just to name them so the, people can remember them. The comments, like, oh. will, the comments will definitely <clears throat> be in here. Was Halifax? Broken Glass Syndrome? I don't remember, I remember that one. I don't remember them. I'm trying to think of some other good ones. Silverstein? Silverstein, they uh, they were, Silverstein, I would, I would definitely consider them Mimo. Really? Yeah, but they were also, um, they had a concept album. And that was one of the first concept albums I ever heard. It was uh, an entire story over top of like eight tracks or whatnot. But uh, w- one thing I wanted to talk about was it, was, was about how Shia LaBeouf's right behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Thursday night for Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Uh, what I wanted to talk about is what emo has become nowadays. You know what I mean? Like two two things. One, where are these bands at now? What are they doing? Well, I'm broken up. Look at Gerard Way though. Yeah. Have you seen his new Netflix show? No. 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 The Umbrella Corporation. Oh no, I have seen. Or is that. it Umbrella Project? I've seen it, but I haven't actually watched it. Okay. Well, he wrote a comic book. And continues to write these comic books now. And Netflix seen it and was like, dude, we should do an adaptation. And so he's like director, not director, maybe producer of it. But I watched it and it was damn good. Really cool to see like that happening. And it was after that that I actually went back and listened to his solo stuff. And I was like, ah, I mean, like, it's okay. I could dig it, but it's, I just wasn't as into it as I was MCR. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but let's see, like, you know, after after emo came, uh, like, Screamo music. And Screamo is that prerequisite for metal if you're not ready to get into it. Or this metal core music that is nowadays. You know what I mean? Um, you ever heard of Scary Kids Scaring Kids? Yeah. My Darkest Hour? Like... It was amazing. Like, we were going into Aiden. Like, I set my friends on fire. It, it bleeds. Russian, Russian, my friends, my friends on fire. Like, just, you didn't hear those it lyrics. It's not post hardcore, though. Because, like, yeah, Alexa, yeah. Alexa, Alexa, Alexa on, on fire. fire. Yeah, dude, they're post hardcore as fuck. Yeah, but some, sometimes it people, has people a, are like, oh, they're screaming. I'm like, no, nah, they're post hardcore as fuck. But. Yeah. I like, one thing I hate is when people call metal music screamo. Yeah, they're it's well, like, I, listen, there's an actual genre called Screamo. Like, let me just play you some. That's uh I this girl that I was in love with in college who, who <laughs> broke my heart because that's a, a theme and throughout my life is girls yeah, break my heart. That's all right, we um, can we could keep talking about it. That's what I'm here for is moral support, <laughs> Kenny. She uh we were gonna go on a date and she was like she was like, I'm not getting in your car because I don't listen to that screamo bullshit and I'm like, 
uh, I don't listen to Screamo, and uh, my cassette deck has Queen's greatest hits in it right now. So we ended up taking her car anyway because she's a bitch. But hey, but it's just whenever people are like, oh, that guy's screaming, obviously it's Screamo. I'm like, no, that's not how yeah, it works. That's why they call it Screamo because he's screaming. That's not how it yet. Oh my God. No, dude. Yeah, my wife works with somebody, and she calls. She's like, I don't know how you listen to this screamo music. I sat her down here after she told me that. I was like, let me just give you a little education real quick. For an hour and a half, I played her. Whitney Houston screams 90, in her songs. 98 screamo? all the way up to like 2015. I was like, listen, this is called evolution. <laughs> <laughs> this little genre right here is where screamo was. And this is where it isn't. This is metalcore. Over here you have death metal. And here you have death metalcore. You have p- hardcore and then post-hardcore. Yeah. Post-hardcore is sweet. Yeah. Post-hardcore, we should just start calling post-emo. We're just calling them post-malonecore. Post-malonecore? Can you imagine? Yeah. I actually just had a friend post a status. She said that I think in like five years... Post Malone is we'll going to make dead. his own fucking genre and he's going to blow everybody out of the world because he's just evolving to something. And she was listening to, um, what is it? Uh, Beer Bongs and Bentleys. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I love Post Malone. Everybody talks so much shit on him, but he's cool as I fuck. don't know. I, I, I don't really like, I mean, I'm sure he's a cool guy, but he looks like he smells. Yeah. You see a picture of Post Malone, you're like, that guy smells. I don't know. I think he smelled great. I've also seen the meme where it was like, I can't wait to this fucking pose is Ghost Malone. I'm like, damn. Damn. I like I like saying most Pallone. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. You guys ever listen to most Pallone? Nah, dude. I haven't. We should check them out. Oh, man. So what do you think? Still alive? I think I'm going to go home and put on some eyeliner and fucking sharpie my fingernails. Just like... uh. <laughs> the scene from fucking Billy Madison. One, one last Steve Buscemi puts on the lipstick. <laughs> Just sits back on the couch. <laughs> one last story though. Um, probably 2005. I think it was like 2005 or 2006. It's like the Sadie Hawkins dance or whatever. And here I am, like getting ready because I'm like so excited to go to this like school dance because you know, little 14, 15 year old me. Like, and this girl asked me. I'm like, ah oh, man, I'm like, I'm gonna kiss a girl tonight. It's gonna be great. And then I put on fucking, I think I put on like some eyeliner or something, just a little bit. And I got my dad's like, what the fuck is on your face? And I was like, nothing. He's like, looks like you have fucking eyeliner on or something. No, let me go in the mirror and look. And I fucking like was scrubbing out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my dad was so mad. And then I couldn't go to Sadie Hawkins because my, my, my dad beat my ass. <laughs> my pappy was so... No, I went to Sadie Hawkins. I just... My eyes were all fucking red because I was scrubbing this eyeliner. Don't lie. Your dad beat your ass and you're crying. <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, but I'm pretty sure he would have. He'd been like, what kind of faggoty bullshit? I'm like, oh, can we... You know. Chill out, dad. Chill out, dad. Chill out. You know. This is... Uh, I never finished this, but I seen Hawthorne Heights in Cleveland... Same year as the 2017, I think it was, when I seen them in Pittsburgh. Same fucking thing happened at the show. Some dude threw a bottle and hit him in the head. And they stopped playing. And he's like, you throw another fucking thing, I'll fucking kill you. <clears throat> and at that point, I was like, I didn't know what to believe. I was like, is this real? <laughs> or is this wrestling? There was a, whenever we saw, whenever like, we, whatever, bro. <laughs> we, well, no, we saw Hawthorne <clears throat> Heights 
and uh, Silverstein about a year. It was probably less than a year ago, but uh, Silverstein, they went back. And then the lead singer came out, like, with his acoustic guitar. But, like, whenever, as soon as he, like, went off stage and they everyone knew they were coming back for, like, their uh, encore, it was like a Cypress Hill concert. There was this huge fucking cloud of smoke that, like, rose up over the audience. So he comes back out. He's like, hey, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so much weed. I can smell it so bad. Somebody's like, you love it. He's like, no, I don't. And then he played for everybody because he was cool with it. Yeah. I remember, like, I think that's one of the things I like about just band members. I guess guess you get some arrogant assholes, but um, I had seen a Warped Tour in Cleveland. I told you, the one that got rained all out. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, there were a couple bands who all their equipment got fucked up. Like, their amps were wet. They couldn't plug them in or they ruined them. You know what I mean? And I do remember um, it was the Spill Canvas was playing, and he'd lent his guitars to, I forget what other band, so that they could play their set, and they just did an acoustic session. They're, they're not normally an acoustic band whatsoever. Right. But they still did an acoustic session because this guy was like, yeah, dude, here. I still want you guys to play. Fuck yeah. You yeah. Know? That's awesome. All right, man. Well, I think uh, I think we've brought, said. I think we've touched it. Yeah, good good basis of it. If we haven't, I would like to hear what you guys want to th- uh, want to hear about. You know, emo wise, what were your favorite bands? Uh, please leave us a comment. Um, this episode also was a shout out to my buddy Brian Hoffman. Uh, he told me that he wanted to hear about the emo stage, and that's one of the most emotional dudes I know. If you ever met this motherfucker, whoo, tell you what. If you guys want to hear us talk about something, just go on our Facebook and leave a comment. Yeah. Facebook's probably the best way to reach us. Please hit us up on the YouTube, though, because I always comment back. Kenny always comments back. We both have the access to it, so bam, throwing you a comment back. I will be like, the dude abides 815. That is a big Lebowski reference. That is my YouTube username. Dude, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> We're treating women like we're treating obli- objects like women, man. <laughs> we need to stop. All right, but uh, yeah, go ahead and give us a like on Facebook and YouTube. Extraordinary expletive. Be sure to check us out. Hit the bell to stay notified. I'll give you a notification when we go live. Probably every Sunday. We're pretty regular with this, so yeah. And um, if you guys want to hear us talk about something, please just hit us up. Also, uh, coming up here soon, uh, later this month in July, actually not this month, uh, we are going to be interviewing uh, the band Plinko, and they are a jam band straight out of the uh, Western Ohio or Eastern Ohio, Western PA area, and uh, they're pretty pretty sweet people, man. My buddy Trevor plays some awesome music, great bass player. Um, just somebody you guys should definitely check out. Um, this will be a first experience for us, too, because it'll be a whole band here. Not just one person. Yeah, so it's going to be a big deal. Might sound like shit, but fuck Plinko. <laughs> if you guys follow Plinko, you definitely get that joke. But anyways, um, seriously, guys, keep it up. We love the comments. I love the attention we're getting. And if you guys want us to do something, that's what we want And we do. love the feedback, too. Yeah. Please, the, the feedback will only make us better. Yeah, dude. The feedback will feed us, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, man. Keep it emo. Stay, stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> Peace out.